you're about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshigma, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Are we ready for the word? Yes. No, 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 no. Downstairs, I'm okay. Are we ready for the word upstairs? Yes. <laughs> if you, you, are you cold upstairs? No. You warm upstairs? Yes. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Shout yo! No. Okay, okay. <laughs> so today is going to be a bit easy. <laughs> I'm going to take it very easy on us um, and I believe in Jesus name that we'll be able to get through the, uh, our message still continues of right deeds for a great future but our subtopic in this season is we're talking about the phases of purpose the phases of purpose turn with me to book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 to 8 Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 to 8 for everything there is a season. Can we read that together? One to go. For the way you just read it, you've just added five minutes onto my sermon time. Come on, let's read it properly. For stop. So for everything there is a season and a time for every activity. Under heaven. There is a season and there is a time. So there are times in seasons. Are you following what I'm saying? So there is a season but there is also a time in that season. But there is also seasons that are in seasons. Because there are seasons, four seasons that are in a year. But there is also a year that is in a decade. And there's also a decade that is in a century. Are you following what I'm saying? So, the Bible says for everything there's a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die. (laughs) So, there's a time to be what? And a time to what? That die just went all under the radar. Let me leave it like that. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill. Now, that kill is the time to kill some things that are not profitable in your life. Not human beings. I need to say that. So, not human beings, uh, just to be safe. Not dogs, not cats, not goats, not uh, chicken. Mm-hmm. It's up to you. Uh, at times, it's, I, don't, I, I don't want no veggie, vegetarians or, or, or stuff. To, I don't, I just, uh, a time to kill. A time to kill, a time to tear down, a time to build up, a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to turn away, a time to search. Mm-hmm. There's a time to search. You will hear it today. There's a time to search. Search for your wives. Search for your husband in prayer. There's a time to search and there's a time to quit searching. Uh, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to mend, a time to be quiet, uh, and a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. This is what the great book says. There's a time for everything. Listen to me, I'm going to have to be careful. I don't prance around so I can give you this, what I have to do. This sermon is in two phases. This is phase number one this Sunday. And then there will be phase number two. And I'm saying this so that you don't throw stones quickly at me. Because this can be a bit, there can be some turbulence as we go along the road. But just wait till next week. Then after next week, we will have glidoscope or whatever scope you had. Join that uh, stuff. Silo. Slido, Slido. Okay, so we probably have Slido as I'm preaching on the third Sunday and I can be answering questions uh, on the third Sunday, which will be the first Sunday of the 
months. That will be the first Sunday, isn't it? Then we will have Slido. Let's, let's have questions on Sundays. And then we'll, we'll deal with this. So before you shoot me, listen first. God has made it such that our lives are in seasons and times. Our greatest prayer is that we do not miss God's season for our times or for our lives. When you buy stuff, you see that they always write on it, there is always a best before date and there's always an expiry date. Have you seen that before? You know, there's a best before. Sometimes my wife wants to throw all the best befores away. I said, no, 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 no. They said best before according to their own chemical analysis. It didn't say it has expired. So leave my Cocoa Pops alone inside. <laughs> It means that it may not be as crunchy as they want it, but for some of us, uh, where we come from, you understand, we can eat anything that is even expired. You understand? The only thing I don't drink is the milk. You know, sometimes when the milk even expires for one day or something, bleed the blood of Jesus and just... <laughs> There's always a best before day and an expiry day. Hence, at every point of our lives or season, there is a purpose for that season. God is in control of our lives. However, what we do can influence to a great deal the preparations for these changes. Listen to me everyone. Hence, I'm talking about right deeds that will produce a great future. There are seasons in our lives. There are primarily four distinct seasons of our lives, like the seasons of life in a year. We have the winter, we have the spring, we have the summer, and we have the autumn. The four seasons way of life helps us to do this exactly. As we go through these four seasons, it helps us to examine our lives. The four seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter, when you map it to our lives, it reveals so much truth. Let me give you examples. And remember that there are seasons in seasons. Meaning, as you go out of one season, you're going into another season. So, for example, spring. Map it to your life. Spring signifies what is new in your life. Or what is being birthed. During spring, it is such a beautiful season. That's why the fact that it rains, we also see a lot of much color. And we see life. Things begin to bloom. Things begin to flourish. Hope abounds. It could be a new job. It could be a new business venture. It could be a new relationship. It could be a renewed relationship. Things are growing and they're thriving in the spring of your life. But then we also hit summer. Map it also to your lives. Summer is the time between sowing and reaping. You sowed in the spring of your life. You pluck out weeds and water your plants in the summer of your life. So... During spring, you sow. During summer, you start to tend. And summer sometimes is about having fun, connecting with those who matter most, traveling, seeking inspiration. There's something about the sunshine and the energy that it brings. Are you following what I'm saying? No matter what you do, you're going to have a spring, you're going to have a summer. And then we get the fall. The fall. In the fall, you reap. You reap things. You reap a harvest. You, in the fall, you read the things that you started in the spring is now coming to an end. In, in the fall of your life, you need to think about the things that have ended. You need to rejoice in those things that ended well and learn from the things that did not end well. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh, and sometimes during the fall of our life, we're trying to bring back what has ended. And then we enter into what is called the winter. Winter is cold. We're getting there now. Winter is dreary. We tend to spend most of our times indoors during winter. This is a season of your life where you pause. Where you consider how to move forward. Before you begin to birth in spring, you need to conceive in winter. So you can see that we're going back into the cycle again. And so in winter, you conceive something that you're about to give birth in spring. In this season, you bring the lessons that you have learned from the earlier seasons and that's what you use to plan and move forward. Are you all following me? Because you need to understand where we're going. And why I said this is that 
every one of us needs to recognize which season the different of the aspects of your life fall. And you need to learn to take necessary action. It could be a birthing season. It could be a cultivating season. It could be a harvesting season. Or it could be a conceiving season. It could be a birthing season in spring. It could be a cultivating season in summer. It could be a harvesting season in fall. It could be a conceiving season in winter. The problem many of us go through is that we do not recognize what kind of seasons we are in our lives. So we muddle everything up. We get depressed when we're in our winter season. Uh, you understand? We, 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 we kind of uh, start to have fun in winter where we're supposed to be able to sow and prepare for our spring. And many of us have missed up what it is. And in, in my opinion, these four basic seasons are critical for every man to grasp. The question is, talk to someone beside you who you love, Kate, or you don't know, and tap them and say to them, what season of life are you in? I didn't say beat them, I just said tap them. Say, so what season of life are you in? That's the question we've got to ask ourselves. What season of life are you in? How should that affect your approach to life? What, what seasons are even the people who are around you? Because if you don't understand what seasons the people who are around you are in, you, they will mess up your season. You will mess up your season. Because some people may be in their summer while you're in your winter. And you're trying to follow the summer and you will mess up yourself because you're supposed to be in your winter period. Hey, I, didn't, I didn't hear a name. You may sometimes be in your isolation period while you're trying to be in somebody else's celebration period. Uh, and you need to understand what season am I in? What season are the people who are around me in? And how can I even help them live into the fullness of that season? So, over the next two weeks, I want to give you the four seasons of faces of purpose and of life. According to what we mapped in the four seasons that God gave us naturally. Spring, summer, fall and winter. Now, how many of us in church are between the age of 0 to 25? Wave at me. 0, 2, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 2. How many of us are parents, have children in church? Lift up your hands. Uh, just quite a few here. None upstairs. Uh, none upstairs. Whoa. Only one or two. Okay, we are bearing that. Okay. Now, this... The first season of your life is what is called the learning season. Someone say learning season. So I'm going to talk about those between the 0 to 25. However, listen to me. I'm not talking about your age group. Hey, no. I'm talking to parents who have children in this age group. Then I'm talking to those who will soon have children. You gotta see this, because this is very important. Zero to what? 25 is spring. It is the learning season. I'm gonna give you scriptures. First Samuel chapter 2 and verse 26. The Bible says, And the child Samuel grew in what? That's another five minutes to my summer. Uh, and the child Samuel, Samuel grew in what? And what? Both with and men. Luke chapter 20 and verse 40, it says, And the child grew, and the child what? Grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Zero to twenty-five, this is the season of growth. Physically, Mentally and spiritually. It is normally between birth and the age of 25 years of age. This is both a research done and this is both inspiration. So we're merging both together today. Researchers found that certain cognitive abilities reach adult level by the age of 16. 
while emotional maturity isn't attained until after 22. I'm going somewhere. Pastor, where are you going with this? The most important brain area to be fully wired up in adulthood is what is called the prefrontal cortex. If you didn't do biology in school, God help you. And this is the front portion of the frontal lobe. This area handles many of the higher level cognitive abilities such as, follow me, such as planning, solving problems, and making decisions. Medical doctors, am I right? Good. They said they're giving me my approval to continue. Although brain development is subject to significant individual variations, most experts suggest that the brain is fully developed by the age of 25. Hence, the frontal lobe for mature brain becomes adult brain at 25 years. I'm going somewhere. Therefore, listen to me carefully. Therefore, it doesn't matter how smart teens are or how well they score on their SAT or ACT. Good judgment isn't something they can excel in. At least not yet. The fact that they are smart and the fact that they are brilliant doesn't mean they have good judgment. In fact, the rational part of a teen's brain isn't fully developed and won't be until 25 years or so. So the idea that suddenly at 18 you're an adult doesn't, doesn't just ring true. Child psychologists have even given a new directive which is, that, which is that the age range they work is increasing from 0 to 18 to 0 to 25. Meaning that child psychologists have moved their counseling from young ones which is 0 to 18 to 0 to 25 because they have now found out that the, uh, 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 the brain is not fully developed to make rational judgments until the age of 25. So, and I know this can be controversial and you can put me all over the place. So a child at 4 has no business determining what sex they are. Amen. And I know you're not going to like me for this. But how dare you at the age of 4 or 5 you're giving them the ability to make a decision whether they're a girl or they're a boy. Stupid! They have not developed enough to make that kind of decision. How can a 14-year-old, 13-year-old, because they're smart in their education, now think that they have the ability to make long-term decisions? Their brain is not fully developed. In fact, research has found out that the adult and the teen brains work differently. You want to come here and I'll be come here and using the first service, I may just use you again. So just imagine that this is a teen brain and this is an adult brain. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, adults think with their prefrontal cortex. This one. That's the brain's rational part. This is the part of the brain that responds to situations with good judgment and an awareness of long-term consequences. So when she is thinking with an adult brain, she's thinking of a long-term decision. She's using her rational part of her brain to think and process things. While the teen processes information with what they call in biology, I may not pronounce this well, but forgive me, the amygdala. This is the emotional part of the brain. That is why teenagers have overwhelming emotional input. They can't, they can't explain later why they, what they were thinking or why they were thinking because they were thinking or they were not thinking as much as they are feeling. 
So this guy, you understand, not him himself, just the, not, and not his brain, I'm just using it as an example, because he's matured, if he's thinking like that, uh, he, will, he will not get me laying hands on here, he will get me laying hands here. Uh, that's it, very different. But he is a teen brain. That's why teenagers will make emotional decisions. They get all emotional. They get all this. They, 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 they get depressed quickly when there's a, a dislike on their WhatsApp or their dislike on their stuff because they're moved by emotions. And they're going to now make a decision based on their emotions. And if parents don't understand that their brain is not fully functioned to make good judgments, there will always be clashes with them because they're not thinking in the, with the rational part of the brain. They're thinking with the emotional part of the brain. And that's the reason why we have to protect them because if we don't protect them, they will fall into a serious situation where they cannot be able to transition into their next phase because they're already messed up in their young stage. And that's the reason why there's some certain events that happen in the small teenager's brain that can affect them from getting to this level. That's the reason why, parents, you need to be careful how you treat these young ones as they're growing up. And those who are young, who are just married, who have young children, start to think like this. Because what you do is going to have a permanent effect in the next phases of their life. You are at home, you're arguing every single time, shouting at each other in front of the kids. Let me tell you, this part of the brain that is developing is the emotional one. That's why they get emotional traumatized by divorce, Emotional traumatized by rape. Emotional traumatized by rejection. Emotional traumatized by bullying. They can't make a decision this one can make because their entire makeup is by what they're going through at that period of time. And when you as friends are keep arguing and shouting at each other, you are developing the emotional side of the child. And that's why the child becomes dysfunctional. Because you have created a dysfunctional child by your arguments and by your shouting and by your screaming. So when the child sees the father beat up his wife, you are developing an emotional trauma in his life. When the child sees the mom slap the father, no wonder when they get older, they keep calling you or she keeps coming back home because the husband kicked her out or they had a fight because only this part of the brain was developed and experienced the trauma. This thing where we're not sensitive to how we deal with our children at home is ruining a generation. And it's worse coming to in, in our own generation. I asked my dad one time because my dad and mom initially didn't have the best relationship. They didn't have the best relationship. And, 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 and at one point in time, I said to dad, divorce mom. 20, 20 year olds, 19, 20 year olds. Why don't you just divorce mom? And let's all have peace. He looked at me. He says, eh, I'm doing it for the children. As stupid as he looked then. It has come to bear roots in our lives. Because none of his children divorced. Because he's showing us that if I can do it, you have no excuse. He was developing, trying to develop this side of the brain. That this side of the brain, although seeing the trauma, he's still the one who can raise us and train us in the way that God wants to train us. Many of us are, 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 are creating an unsafe environment for our children. You don't realize that you are the most important role model for your kids. Sure, their friends are important to them, but the way you behave and fulfill your responsibility will have a profound and lasting effect on your children. So an 18-year-old cannot make a decision. That is why if you are single, listen to me! You're single as a... Don't go get pregnant. Why? Listen to me. Because how can an 18-year-old who hasn't developed their brain properly now take care of a child who also is emotionally not prepared? You're 18. 
19, 20, you are not yet emotionally and physically and rationally developed to make a rational decision. You can't give birth to a child. You will still make decisions on that child with your emotions. And you will destroy a life and a generation to come. Close up. Because at the end of the day, you do not realize. Did I say anything wrong? I just said close up. It's, it's, I just, it's, it's, I just, it's just toothpaste, isn't it? No, 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 seriously. The guy, that's why an 18 year old, 18 year old girl, will say to mom and dad, I know what I'm doing. I love him. It's your emotions. You go out with Remy. Remy is useless. Remy will impregnate you and then go to, 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 to Manikwa. Go up to Manikwa. Leave you with a child. And the child will grow up seeing you and the dad fight every single time. I said zero to twenty-five. If by, if, if by your erroneous mistake, you go and get pregnant, please also remember that what you say during your pregnancy will determine how the child comes out. We made a mistake, we made a mistake. Lift up your hands, but start prophesying. Stop, stop, stop spending your time chasing after a well that has been filled with dirt. And therefore you truncate another's life. You can't make such decisions. We are making wrong decisions. Forgive me if I'm hitting some, some people hard, but I have to say the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I will get to you if you've made your mistakes. But for right now, I have to tell you that many of us, especially young ones, were making decisions as a teenager and were truncating our destiny. You are not yet mature to make that decision. And if you have a child, and if, you have a, if you're a mother, and if you're a parent, it is your responsibility. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, Verse 20 to 22, he says what? Train up a child. Train, 22, 6. He says train up a child in the way he should go. Train up the child. Train. He didn't say, he didn't say, he, say, he didn't say beat the child. He says train up the child. He said, the Bible says in one place, he says madness is in the heart of a child. And the rod of correction will drive it out. Everyone has their own rod. And I'm not going to talk about what rod. No child support agency is coming to me. But the Bible says the rod of correction will drive you. But the Bible says train up a child. Training up a child is not throwing money at it. You can't throw money at an emotional dysfunction. Oh, they have a problem. Hey, just pay for it. Have a problem. Let's wait for it. Many of us do not realize that the atmosphere that we have created in home is affecting our children at school. So they're calling you every single minute. They're calling you every single time. And you're going there and you're still shouting on the child without knowing that it is the atmosphere that you have created at home that is affecting the child. Am I right or am I wrong? You're a doctor. Hey, hey. Child psychologists. We are creating a wrong atmosphere. And then we're throwing money at it. It is not money. Because I grew up and I didn't realize. No, I can't really remember, sir. One bad day that my dad or mom gave me a birthday card. That's why till now I am traumatized <laughs> with birthdays. My fifth my wife fought me too. That I don't want to do nothing. Most of my the main stuff in my life, I will travel. Say, you know you've turned 30. I said, what is 30? He said, it's a milestone. I said, it's a milestone. I said, what are milestones? So he started saying 10. started saying 18. started saying 21. I'm like, is this, don't go any further. Because I missed out of all. I said, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand that. Because I grew up badly traumatized. I can't remember anyone in our entire house celebrating any birthday. For sure, I turned out right. Because my dad wasn't interested in the prize than the prize that he would present at the end of the day. He trained us up to take care of our sister. My mom beat 
beats us blue black and we're still cool today. My mom taught me you need to know how to peel yam, peel potatoes and peel it to the extent that the, the, only the skin is out of it. My mom taught me how to clean the house. So when we married, cleaning was not a problem. My dad beat me on finishing touch. You do not cook in the kitchen and then finish the whole food. and say, hey, I finished cooking. That's not finishing touch. My dad says, you wash the plates, you wash everything, you clean it, then you present the food. That's finishing touch. That's why my wife has never had a problem in the whole 20 life of our marriage. Of our marriage with untidiness. She has not got that problem. She cannot tell me I'm untidy. If I tell the entire house how tidy they are. I clean, I take care, I was able to take care of my, 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 my son. If I, there are times I will carry him on my back, tie the, uh, the, the wrapper that they gave me, and I will go about to the whole job, and he will sleep on my back, because they trained me up. And many of you are not training your children, you're actually running away from them. And some of you want to have children. This is what we're talking about. Zero to twenty-five is a time of training. And if they lose that spring life, it's very difficult to get it back. Even if you're a single mother, you're a single father, you need to train up these kids. You need to train up yourself because in this season, the right environment, in the right environment, they become strong in their speech, wisdom, and the grace of God will be revealed over their life. If you're in the 0 to 25 uh, sector, stop going further than you can. This is a time where you start, start to find out who really am I? Is that 0 to 25 that the kids are looking for identity? How many 27-year-olds have you seen knifed on the streets or killed on the street compared to 0 to 25s? Because their lives are formed in that period of time. How many times did you cry after 26? <laughs> Over Talikwa Memiwa Orere. How many times after 26 did you cry? Because when the food starts coming, your 0 to 25 has made you realize how you should watch out. Because you now know this was my Rere in 22. You cannot now appear in my life in 26. And if they appear in your life in 26, that means you do not mature from your 25. Who am I? You can go. And you can go. Wei Wei, Talikwa, Mamikwa. Everyone's going. Who am I? 0 to 25. What are my talents? That's when you home in their talents. Who am I not? What are my limitations? Those are the things that they start to grapple with in that period of time. And if you're in the right environment, that's the reason why church is important. Ah, oh God, what's my time? That's the reason why church is important. Because many people don't realize that when you raise a child up in church, they're more likely to have their own environment and thinking in church. I'm telling you, that when you just allow them to run riot, but how would they grow up when you don't come to church and sometimes you send them off to church? How would they grow up when you pick the time you come to church? And how, 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 how tragic is it when some children are saying, Mommy, Daddy, aren't we going to church? Oh, I'm too tired. You're telling your child who is trying to say, I miss the children's church. And you're saying, shut up, I'm tired. And they will shut up until they fall into the wrong hands and they will keep shutting up because you told them to shut up anyway. Okay. Is that helping anyone? Let's go to the maturing season. This is age 26 to 40. I call it summer. 26 to 40. Let's read the book of Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41. And from verse 46 to 52. Joseph was how many years? I didn't hear you. That's another five minutes. Joseph was how many years? 30 years years what? He was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. This is going to get a bit rough. 
And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. Now in the seven plentiful years, the ground brought forth abundantly. Seven plentiful years. So he gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities. He laid up in every city the food of the fields which surrounded them. Joseph gathered very much grain as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting for it was immeasurable. And so Joseph and to Joseph were born how many sons? Two sons. Before the years of famine came. <laughs> so he was 30 when he appeared before Pharaoh. And then he had two sons before the years of famine came. That means between the age of 30 and 36, he had given birth to all the children he wanted. Two sons. Before famine. That means there's a time you need to do something before famine comes. Listen, listen, I, I, I know many people are shaking their heads and they're like, oh, I, I don't understand what this is going to be. But, but listen to me. He says, he says, he says, and so Joseph was born two sons before the year of famine came. Whom Asheneth, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On, born to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God has made me forget all my toil in my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Now listen to me carefully. As I said in the first service. When the man got prominent, he didn't go back to Israel. <laughs> you need to listen to this. Because many of us, we get a semblance of success. We start to show off. You, 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 you need to follow me here. Let me read some things to you. This is the face where he made the first major choice. Or the first major choices. Such as marriage. Such as occupation. Such as residence. So he made a decision to stay in the land of Egypt. Because when he got to that position, he could have gone back to Israel. He could have gone back to his brothers and say, look what God has done for me. But he didn't do that and he didn't do that even until after 10 years, 12 years or 13 years when there was a severe famine and his brothers came to see him. Meaning he made a choice of who he was going to marry. He made a choice of the occupation he was going to be in. He made a choice of the accommodation and the residence he's going to stay in and he made a choice of the style of living. That defines the adulthood world. Therefore, this is the stage of maturity in which one's growth in learning years can deliver certain harvest. So let me say this to you. If you're the age of 26 to 40, there are some certain things that need to occur in your life during that season. Number one, your career. Joseph's career kicked off during this season of his life. He was in prison. He was in the pit, but his career started at the age of what? 30. But what he did during his springtime was what made him right, make right decisions during his maturing season. If at the age of 30, 31, 32, you still they're still asking you, what do you want to do? Eh, I'm confused. I don't know what to do. You are in the springtime. You are 0 to 25. And that's why parents have to help their children to make sure that they follow those seasons and plug in. If you don't know what you're doing at the age of 26, seriously, there's some serious issues that are occurring. You said that before you went into uni. You said that while you were living with your parents. You're still saying the same thing now. I don't know what to do. At this point in time, I wrote a book. Don't just do something. Let me put a disclaimer there. Now is the time that you need to do something. He chose his career. Number two, his spouse. Joseph got married during this season. This is where some of you may walk out. But stay here for a while. According to one recent study... 
divorce rates are lower for couples who marry between the age of 28 and 32. Are the lowest. The 37% rule of statistics say that at age 26, you will have met enough people to have some solid options without waiting so long. So let me say this to you. Guys, my homies, men, 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 when I mean men, I'm not using the biblical men. I'm using the men, men, physical anatomy. Let me talk to you. Let me talk to my homies. Let me talk to my fam. Let me talk to you guys. Because the decision that you will make at 26 is what you will make at 39. Let me repeat myself again. The decision that you make at 26 is what you're going to make at 39. Have you seen someone who married at 26 and then divorced at 34 and then remarried again and then you look at the person they married and you couldn't see the day. It's Mamikwa and Talikwa but they have the same kind of uh, temperament, same kind of disposition. All you did just did is you left Coca-Cola and you went to Pepsi. That's all you just did. Your, your, your decision, some men are looking at me, they're angry. Let me, fall, let me make you angry further. Your decision not to make a choice is a decision not to make a choice. If you make a choice at that age, you're setting yourself up for your next phase. This delay that I need to get this sorted, I need to get this sorted, I need to buy my house, I need to buy my stuff, is an erroneous idea that comes from the pit of hell. I don't understand where you got it from. Because we, if, if, that, if that determines the longevity of marriage, many of us should have divorced by now. When I got married to my wife, and I'm going to use myself, myself as an example, and I had to... I used this in the first service and I'm using this in the second service because before I used that example, I quickly went through the fridge in my house and I found out that there's some cooked meal there just in case she gets angry and she doesn't cook anything. So I, I knew there's some soft stuff in there that I can manage to eat uh, for the next 24 hours. Uh, when we got married, we got married late. She was 29, 28. She still argues about that. I knew I was 30. I absolutely knew I was knew. But then the problem was this. Then we decided we're going to have kids. We waited to sort something out for a year and then we decided we're going to have kids. And it took us 10 years before our son came. The problem here is this. Is that my son is 12 right now. I'm 52 going 53. Every single person that is around us even including my twin brother, their children are either graduating from their university or they're in university. This hasn't still sunk in. Let me, let me go further on. So that if you're going to kill me, you will kill me pretty well. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me analyze this to you. Which means, listen to me, which means that when you're from zero all the way to 25, maybe people were telling you what to do. Now you get married at 26, 27, 28, 29, you understand. And you now have your children. He had his children in the first seven years of his marriage. Remember that. Meaning that when a man, listen to me men, when men hit 50, 48, 50, there is always this thing that says to them, I need to change some certain things. They now can't change some certain things because they're laden with paying school fees and taking care of children. I've now got a five-year-old and I'm petrified that I'm going to start school run. Well, she's going to start school run. You understand? Uh, uh, and, 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 and even as I, as, I, as I was growing up even with my son, will come back and he will say to me, Dad, can we play football? His mom says, Dad is tired. And I say, oh, sorry, Dad, you're tired. But he's already said, can we play football? So I'm going out in my 40s. Playing football with an 8, 9 year old. Which they never get tired. <laughs> Why? Because sometimes we are out of our season. And it's only grace that keeps us through unseasonable seasons. So this thing where you have in your mind, I'm going to hold back. Ladies, I'm not yet matured. 
You are wasting your time because no decision you make at 26 is going to change at 39. So get onto the program. This thing, the church is trying their best. If I say tomorrow, and I'm talking to other pastors around, let's have a singles night. Where all the singles, we can come together. You will not appear. You won't turn up. Yes, you are on a dating site. You are on a dating site. You are on a dating site. A dating site. They are on dating sites, sir. They are on dating sites. Give me some dating sites. No, don't, don't do that. So the question is, why would you be on a dating site that you don't know? And we're trying to sort you out in a controlled environment and you're saying no! Thank you! You're on a dating site. You catch up, hook up with them in a bar. They walk in and you're like, what have I just done? Well, so we're trying to arrange a clear environment for you. That's why parents also need to get involved. Every successful relationship and marriage in the Bible has the involvement of the parents. I'm sorting my son out right now. <laughs> By God's grace, I've even got my eyes on the venue for the reception. <laughs> I'm sorting out to my daughter from now on. Many of you are behaving funny. And I'm saying to her, my son ain't going to that house. You, you, you don't realize that some of your behaviors are really going to affect what I'm looking at. And you think I'm just pastor and I'll be praying over every family. No! No! I, I, I have to sort myself out for once. So, if my son now says, oh, I like that, I say, son, 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 hey, don't go there, don't go there, don't go there, because they've been around me for a long time, fighting, slapping, shouting, screaming at each other, and coming to me, come to me, I will help you out, but if you don't change, you are leaving a legacy also for your children. Hey, uh, dating sites. You're killing yourself on a dating site. Am I against dating sites? I'm not. But try a plethora of other things. If we have intercontinental churches coming together, attend. What have you got to lose? Have a drink. Have a discussion with someone. I don't care if it's speed dating or not. It doesn't really matter. At least it didn't matter when you were on, the, on, 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 on your computer. It now matters in church. Eh, I'm not that desperate. You're desperate! That's why you're on the site. You're desperate. Get out! Get off from your high horses. Get into reality. And the main thing is not the goal. It's the objective. It's what will I achieve. It doesn't matter where, how I go through. Let me just achieve something good. Eh, I don't want anybody to know my business. I need to know your business. Some people even, I'm trying to organize them. They're messing me around. Have stopped. At least if I organize it, it's my responsibility to pray, isn't it? When I, when, I, when, I, when I hooked up with my wife and we started going out, seven years between 1991 and 96, I walked and I only had a £120 increase in six, seven years. I thought if I could get everything sorted out, it would work. When my wife and I hooked up, from 97 to 98, I had a salary increase of double. From 98 to 2000, quadruple. That's when I worked for BT. That's when I worked for Lucent Technologies. That's when I worked for Microsoft. It was because we hooked up. One can put a flight a thousand. Two can put a flight 10,000. You're wasting your time. And you know what? The longevity of our marriage is based on our history. Trying to get everything sorted out where there's no history in building together will destroy your history. But before anybody comes in between us, something must come to my mind that, but we built this together. So if anyone wants to come in between us, it's like, what are they bringing to the table? Can they go through what we went through? Or are they coming to eat a harvest of the seed that they didn't plant? This is the things that will hold your marriage and hold you together. 
And I'm telling you, this laziness, laxity, this nonchalant attitude of not getting up and getting involved and making this the right season all the time has gone. We're wasting our time. Children were born during this season. Children are not a deterrent to the progress of your career. The Bible says children are a blessing from God. Oh, I've got to get my career on and then I'll think about the children. That's why at 65 you will still take, start taking care of your children. When you're supposed to be a grandmother or a grandfather. You, 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 you see the children as a, as a deterrent. They're not. God will work everything together. When you get married, you need to know, you need to multitask. Marriage is not about dancing on the day. It's not dancing on the day. No, 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 girl. No, girl. The real dance starts when you get married. You will run and dance to your job. Then you will dance uh, to your children, picking them up at the school. And then you will dance to their ballet. And then you will just learn that dancing. No, 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 no. You know, you... You have to kick out the devil from your life. Shut the devil down in your life. Oh, and you're doing that during your, 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 your wedding. All that supposed to manifest when you're married. Run here. Run here. Run here. Run here. I smile, I laugh, I wonder if they can dance better when they're married. Because when you're married, it's all about multitasking. That's all it's about. But if you miss that season, you're still going to come to that season. Ask God for grace. Have your children. God will bless you. God will increase you. There are people in third world, no, developing countries, sorry. That don't have enough money, but they still have children and produce great ones. Seriously. If you need enough money to have a child, then you don't need God. Gotta have enough faith to say, I'm gonna do this. I can do all things what? Through Christ who strengthened me. Let me close quickly on this one. We started late, so we'll close late. Early adulthood is the time where he paid his dues. Joseph paid his dues. He made essential contribution to the survival of people around him. He doesn't have to be about you. I'm begging you right now. Begging you to understand that there's a season where you beget children. There's a season where you raise children. There's a season where you maintain a marriage. There's a season where you give labor to the economy. There's a season when you look at the welfare of the people who are around you. I pray in the name of Jesus that there will be no delay during this season. I pray that one can exit this season with key accomplishments in Jesus' name. So when you look at 26 to 40, there's some certain key evidence you need to see. You need to see a commitment to a long-term relationship. Number two, you've got to see others, others, others-centered life. Maturity brings one to a place that their lifestyle is sacrificial. It is sacrificial. Listen to me, guys. Listen to me, ladies. At that age, it is sacrifice. You are taking out some weeds. It is sacrifice. You are not spending your money anyhow. I remember last week, this week, two people came to me. I was doing counseling. We were doing financial counseling. And by the time we finished, they said, Oh, I forgot. Oh, I'm traveling to this place. I said, Where? And they told me, I said, kiss it goodbye. I placed a deposit. I said, kiss it goodbye too. The amount that you place on your deposit is less than the amount of money that you spend in one day. But my friends, I said, I don't want to hear it. All the holidays you've had up to the time you met me is what you will think about for your next five weeks, five years holiday. You are making a sacrifice now. You are going to buy your property. You are going to place investments in stock. This is not the time to spend £3,000, £4,000 on a holiday that, has, that is a liability and not an asset. You are not going. You, did you hear what I said? You are not going. I've just saved you £975 per month. You are not going. You are not going. If you go, my spirit will go with you. <laughs> 
You are not going. This is the time you build. Let me give you a scripture. Lamentations 3.27. Amplified. It is good for a man that he should bear the yoke of godly discipline in his youth. You are not going. All of you going all over the place. Going for this hand night, do night, his night, off night. Are you serious? This is the time you should plant. This is the time that we're supposed to see uh, evidence of what you are doing in your life. Whether you're married or you're not married. Have assets. Have sacrifices. Because there's a harvest coming. And the harvest depends on the seed that you sow. Good self-esteem. This is what I want to see during this season. Flattery and criticism does not alter your perceptions. You're matured. Humility. You think of oneself less. Value-driven decisions. Their values are established that emotional decisions are rare in their lives. More value decisions. Right network, number seven. Right network advisors. They have, at this stage, they have established a team of people that they can glean wisdom from in their knowledge gap. They do not know it all, but they learn from the best they surround themselves with. That's why many of you, as you heard me, will never come to me with your finances. Because you have only surrounded yourself with fools. But those who want to be disciplined will come. I need help. I seize their cards. Entire cards. Just ask, where is your savings going to be? And they put it in there, give me the card. There are cards in my house that is going to go through plastic surgery. This is the time of planting. At this stage, you should know what you want out of life. Let me close by now. Where you need to distinguish yourself. You need to know how different you are from your parents. My dad didn't have one single property here. And he lived here for a while. And I, I don't have anything against him. Because in their era, in their days, they didn't have this teaching that you had. But I've distinguished myself different from him. And he's happy that his son has gone before him. What are you doing? Still throwing stones at your mom? Closing the door in their own house? Young adulthood is the time when nothing seems impossible. With the right attitude, enough persistency and energy, anything can be achieved. Can I close by saying this? A fool at 40 is a fool forever, they say. Maturity is required at this stage in order not to damage people and be able to fulfill purpose. I'm going to take 10, 10, 10 years out of that and say a fool at 30 is really going to be an idiot at 40. Because the way many of you go in life, forgive my uh, nice language, the way many of you are going in life, we are shortchanging ourselves for our next generation. That's why many people have fun going to other churches where there's young, hey, everything is up and running because it's emotions. But if you come here, we're going to develop this rational thinking, good judgment, where you make long-term decisions. It's not in the money of the hair. It's not in the money of the shoes. It's not in the money of the car that makes you. It is in what you do. Zero to 25, place investment. 26 to 40, start maturing. Next week, I'm going to deal with 40 to 60. 65 to the end of the world. You need to be there even if you're not in that age bracket. So you can prepare for where you're going. Many of us are not prepared for where we're going. And then we get there and we're wondering, how is it? Invite your mom, invite your dad, invite your parents. Let them come and learn that there's some certain things people need to do at that age. And if you miss it, it's only by God's grace. And let me tell you this, there are consequences for our actions. He forgives us for our sins, but we do not escape the consequences. Did you get anything from it or are you still angry? You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.com.
www.ordinaryfaith.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel Worship Tabernacle 131 St. John's Way N19 3RQ Archway, London Thank you for listening.